Hey, welcome to another exciting edition of It's Raining Mets, and it's meteorologist Tom Russell here, along with... Meteorologist Ed Russo. How are you doing, Tom? Good. We're hanging in there. We're so glad to have you along as well, because, uh, you know, we've been working from home and kind of doing our own thing in our own home, so this is therapeutic for us to get together and chat as uh, colleagues and meteorologists, so it's nice to catch up with Ed. So you're kind of listening along to us as we're thinking out loud and talking about some of the things that are coming up. Yep, and this so is actually our second attempt at yep. this podcast because, um, <laughs> yes, because of uh, of, as Tom just said, we, ha- we have technical difficulties. And that's, uh, that's just yeah. part of the flow when, you are, when everyone's remoting from home and you're not yeah. actually in the same building. The new normal, as they yes. say. Uh, So we thought we'd start with this as we're wrapping up April here, headed into May. I wanted to recap April really quick. Uh, April was the first below average month since November. So you remember how warm winter was. So April coming in uh, 2.7 degrees below average. So it was a chilly month and obviously wetter than average. So we're well over two inches above average for the month. So it was cool and it was wet. And uh, Ed and I were talking about the fact that that folks don't want that. Once you make that transition out of March, you get into April, you start planting things, you're wearing shorts maybe one day, and then you want to make that spring connection. But we always warn people here in Central PA that uh, April's a volatile month, and you can still get the frost and freeze like we did. Um, People go ahead and they start planting things a little too early, so... Uh, April is is a fickle fickle month. See, that's so, my that's what I'm juggling right now because usually this time of the year is when our you know because I like to grow tomatoes and whatnot, sure. and sometimes you buy a tomato plant and it doesn't give you any sort of really nice yield in August. So I plant several, and I want to get that going in late April. But when you had a freeze, when you have a freeze the week prior, it makes you kind of yeah. hesitant to plant. Yeah, it's really not safe. You know, the old adage around here is not safe till Mother's Day. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that seems a little late, but that's what uh, the folklore says. So April is wet and it's cool. So the big question is, does that continue? And looking with some help from the National Weather Service at their three-month outlook, it looks like it does not. It looks like we get warmer than average as we go. Uh, they break it down in three-month increments. So May, June, July, warmer than average, but remaining on the wetter side, meaning that we're going to still get those showers, so that chance for rain from time to time, right, Ed? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and hopefully, hopefully really be coming in, you know, as we get warmer, hopefully getting in on a drier pattern because it just seems, this permacloud just seems endless over the past uh, oh, I know. couple of I weeks. Know. And when we're all, we're all cooped up trying to stay safe and all that, you need some sunshine you need some things to help us out uh you know just get that mental aspect uh, a little nicer yeah it's not so, just ca- it's not just cabin fever from having to stay in because of the pandemic but it's also cabin fever because people have to stay in because you have to stay in because it's not nice out <laughs> right yeah exactly exactly uh so moving forward as we get into the summer months we do think we're going to be uh warmer than average and continued with the uh uh, the weather than average pattern. So um, we'll see. And and I mentioned to Ed before that as we as we go into the summer months, we tend to, tend to be drier. I like going in with above average precipitation because then we don't have to worry about drought. But as Ed just did a recent story on, you know, hurricane season is toward the end of the summer into the fall. That's when we get some of our bigger rains, right? Yeah. So when you have a you, you know when you have a a really wet spring leading into a wet first part of summer then you have tropical season that immediately follows it uh some of our biggest rainfalls in central pa have happened 
during hurricane season because we get the remnants. We're close enough to the ocean where we can still get tropical storm, even hurricane conditions in parts of the southeastern part of the state. So, you know, it's it's uh, Agnes, you know, 72, uh, the largest, the biggest 24-hour rainfall record in Pennsylvania is in York, 13 and a half inches, and that fell in a 24-hour period in 1972 from the remnants of Agnes or what was Tropical right. Storm Agnes. So a lot of our rain can come in any given year from leftover tropical systems. So you don't want to lead in with a huge um, above-normal precipitation yeah, stat. Yeah, be all wet. And yeah, leading into, leading into tropical season, which really escalates through the summer. So in 2004, we had Ivan and Jean. That was a big flood. 2011, Tropical Storm Lee, which was around Labor Day. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of our biggest rainfall events are, are remnants of old tropical systems. Mm -hmm. So when people said, oh, we don't have to worry about hurricanes, we do, uh, especially if they make landfall in the southeast. You know, they work their way up along the mid-Atlantic. And uh, even though they're not called a hurricane anymore, uh, they certainly do the damage that we see with Agnes. Um, so, yeah, that's something to be watching out for. And we talked in our last podcast that we think that the upcoming season is going to be, uh, you know, an active one above average. And uh, certainly, have you seen some of the um, the sea, sea level or uh, sea surface temperatures in uh, in the Gulf? Really warm all around right. uh, Florida. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so hurricanes are, are primarily fueled by warm waters of the Atlantic Ocean. You know, most of the storms we're, that we deal with, you know, winter storms, fall storms, they're driven by, their power at least is driven by a large temperature contrast. Um, so when you have warmer than water, when you have uh, warmer than normal water temperatures, it's, you know, especially this time of the year, it can, it can be a precursor that you're going to have a more active hurricane season ahead. More heat, more energy. Right. Right, right. So that's one of the things uh, we're going to keep an eye on as the uh, as the summertime goes. Uh, we talked in our last podcast about being ready for all this. Uh, we've had a saturated April, so it's a good chance to remind you about flooding. You maybe you're one of those homes and maybe in the bad spot in your neighborhood where you always get uh, a little more water than everybody else, and you got to pull the stuff out of the basement or up off the ground or something like that. Um, so it's a good time to kind of go through and review all those things that that you need to be prepared for. And uh, with us being so saturated, coming off a wet April, it's uh, it's a good reminder, flooding-wise, to know that you know it doesn't take much. And look how we we wrapped up April so wet. Um, so we got to be careful about flooding. And then around here, one of the things we talked about was severe uh, uh, weather awareness week was river flooding, as as you were alluding to, Ed. And that you know is not the immediate like uh, like a flash flood. That's more. Hey, you know, we got a lot of rain upstream, so now we're going to watch the Susquehanna rise over the next two, three, four days. Right. You know, and, and you know, well, when we talk about flash flooding, flash flooding really never pertains to the Susquehanna River. You're not going to have a, a heavy flood of, you're not going to have a very heavy rain event where you get two to four inches of rain within a six hour period, and all of a sudden the Susquehanna is going to be this raging force. It's, it's the smaller creeks, it's the smaller streams that they're, um, water, their flowing water capacity can reach a much higher level in terms of being dangerous much quicker because it's capacity, it's a small stream. It, you know, a little more water can create, um, can make that stream much more violent in terms of it's going over its, it's banks low, or, yeah. or, or mm -hmm. invading property. So when we talk about flash flooding, 
we're talking about those smaller streams and rivers that can't hold a lot of water, all of a sudden get a lot of water, have no choice but to rise and flow faster. So the Susquehanna, that's what we just call mainstream river flooding, not necessarily flash flooding, but it could still be destructive, right. but there's always a lag. You know, right. you have some time to prepare. That's the difference. Sure. Um, you know, we've seen it many times. You live in the Shypoke neighborhood. I say, okay, we're going to get a lot of rain. We know this is coming. You may have three or four days to prepare uh, for river flooding, whereas with the flash flooding, you do not. Right, right. And, you know, it's always so dangerous. And we were touching on this last week that, you know, the water may appear to be gently flowing or not even moving at all. It just is over the road surface. But that water is always moving because... Uh, gravity always will send that water somewhere else. There's a reason there's not water flowing there. Um, right. So when you have um, water in a spot that it's not normally sitting, it's most likely moving somewhere back to its original position. And when you drive through flooded roadways, remember six inches can sweep you off your feet and 12 inches can carry a car away. Yeah, and that's what people forget. Most most of the flooding uh, danger is uh, usually involves a car, somebody trying to drive through water of unknown depth. So that's why you always hear us say, turn around, don't drown. Uh, but flooding is dangerous, and it's usually because people do put themselves in harm's way like that. So uh, some good reminders here as we push through spring. I want to transition to something Ed was uh, doing a story on, and I want you to school me on this. You know, we talked about during this corona lockdown, folks are staying in, we're not driving, so there's not as much pollution. But there's an, another angle that you found that's very interesting. Yeah, you know, it's amazing how the world changes when people stop moving. Um, <laughs> and I'll tell you, um, you know, obviously the pollution aspect was very interesting. You know, the levels of NO2, especially in urban areas, are, are which is one of the main fossil fuels, uh, down tremendously because people are using their cars less right. um, and all that. So we're actually seeing visibility greater in cities that typically don't have very good visibility. We're talking Los Angeles, Atlanta, sure. visibilities that haven't been seen in a very long time because, you know, everyone is literally at a standstill. So mm -hmm. it really does show you the, um, the impact that uh, humans have day to day um, when we go about our normal lives. Now, the other interesting aspect to this is, uh, yeah, get into this. Like yeah, it. there's more of a geologic aspect to it as well. So, um, if you are familiar with, uh, seismographs, there's uh, one at Millersville university, they detect seismic movement, the interaction between tectonic plates. Um, and they can, they, these seismographs are built to detect very, 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 very subtle vibrations in the Earth's crust, even deeper down. And since people are traveling less, there's been less seismic noise detected on these seismographs. Wow. So not necessarily earthquakes, per se. But just no, 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 no. But just vibrations that are occurring all the time, because whenever you are walking, you create sound, which is a vibration, which... It creates some level of seismic activity that these seismographs can detect. So bottom line, um, people are noisy, really noisy. Uh, so, well, Especially when we get into a 3,000-pound know, car and drive somewhere or a big tractor trailer. Yeah. Or like that. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, so when you're talking about semis, you know, there's obviously a lot of trucks still driving on the roads because 
they are transporting things and the trucking industry has been one aspect of our economy that hasn't been, uh, you know, harshly affected by the virus because obviously people driving solo is, is considered safe. Uh, but they've been the one delivering all of the, all of the food, all of the resources and power to them. And we're very thankful to them, obviously, but, um, we still have semis on the road, but we have less cars. We still have a, a vast amount of people that aren't on the roads, not moving around, and seismographs are detecting that. Okay, so let's take it a step further. So if we're not moving around, do we ultimately help cause earthquakes or at least movement in the earth because we are moving around? So in other words, you're saying we're not doing that stuff, so there's not as much seismic activity. So can we take it that step further and say we're 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 helping, you know, limit the amount of earthquakes? Maybe? Well, you know, that's that's interesting you bring that up. That is actually one of my questions because I've I've I came across an article that was talking about this and I have a, a an interview coming up where I'm going to ask that exact question. Okay. So we'll see and I'll get back to you. I have homework. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's but no, that, that, that's a good question. But yeah, you know, there have been, you know, theories floated around that, you know, high pressure in the atmosphere can, can cause um, influences on seismic activity to a degree. Right. So everything is very interconnected. Well, know? and it's an interesting time to study because where else in our lifetime have we just stopped everything? all at once like this. We, you really don't have a, another example because even in other tragedies, uh, wartime or even after 9-11, there was still a lot of movement. This is the, the only time in my lifetime that I can think that everything shut down. Um, so it's an interesting sure. time to do this. I mean, so, I mean, my, so I, I, I'm down in York. I'm probably, you know, a mile away from I-83. And at night you walk outside and you can always hear I-83 traffic, traffic sure. along 83. You can't hear right. it anymore. You walk out, wow. it has been more silent right. than I can even remember. You know, outside of a snow, because snow is great, sure. a, 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 you know, sound absorber. But, you yeah. know, in the springtime when there's no snow on the ground, and it's just a normal night, you go outside, there's dead silence because you do not hear any of the traffic you otherwise normally would because nobody's on the road. So, you know, that's just another thing that you notice. Everything's more silent than usual, and... When you, it, it's interesting. It's kind of, it's kind of an oxymoron, but you can definitely hear deafening silence. <laughs> that is a good way to put it. Yeah, that is a good way to put it. So. All right. So a couple of things uh, to think about as we move forward, and uh, hopefully we'll get out of this this lockdown soon. We'll start making that uh, seismograph move again. <laughs> yeah. But we always appreciate you checking in here on. Uh, it's raining Mets, and uh, I know Stacy, Steve, Ed, and I really enjoy doing it. We appreciate listening. And if there's ever a topic you'd like us to cover, you can always uh, let us know via social media or uh, make some comments uh, on our website. And uh, you always find the podcast there. If you want to go back and listen to some other episodes, you can do that. So, and good stuff. Hang in there, my friend. And hopefully, we'll be working together soon, huh? Yeah, yeah. Tom, I miss you. I miss everybody at at CBS 21. But eventually, everything will be back to normal. Looks like it's going in that direction. <laughs> at least it does so. it does oh and that's the other thing i think weather helps if you read all about viruses you know they don't do well in uv light they don't do well in heat and humidity so i think we're heading into the uh, the right part of the year for this yeah yeah definitely more stuff we'll learn about the about the virus as the temperatures continue to warm 
So awesome. All uh, right. There he is, uh, meteorologist Ed Russo. I'm meteorologist Tom Russell. Thanks for uh, listening. And uh, don't forget to check out all the podcasts there. It's Rainy Mets from CBS 21.